causes some people to break down, whilst it gives others opportunity to break records. Hello, and welcome to season two, episode 11 of our podcast series, the podcast that inspires and educates through the sharing of real life experiences. I am Sheila, your host, and with me today is guest Snowden McFall, joining in remotely. Snowden McFall, M-A-T, is a TV host, a professional speaker, a corporate trainer, author of six books, owner of Brightwork, and fired up professional speaking and coaching. She received the President's Volunteer Service Award from President Obama in 2011. She has been named as the National Women in Business Advocate of the Year, appeared on CNN, Bloomberg Small Business, Home Shopping Network, and several other TV shows nationwide, along with over 320 radio shows. She has been featured in Investors Business Daily, foxnews.com, and Success Magazine as an expert on stress and burnout. She is happily married and loves to travel. Hello, Snowden, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Thank you, Sheila. I'm delighted to be here with you. It's a pleasure to have you. So as a business expert who speaks on motivation, what will your favorite quote be? It's from a book called Illusions by Richard Bach, and it's argue for your limitations and sure enough, they're yours. So that, that means basically that you can make yourself go downhill or you can lift yourself up. The other one that really inspires me is by Margaret Mead, which is never doubt that a small group of committed people can make a difference. Indeed, that's who all whoever has. Wow. Something like that. Yes. So Great. it's a wonderful quote. Yes. Great. It's a wonderful one indeed. Great. Take us through your life as a child. Hmm. Okay, so I did not, although my name is Snowden and I'm married to a man named Whiting, which is Snow White, I did not have a fairy tale life. Uh, I grew up in an alcoholic family. Both of my parents were alcoholics and my mother became terminally ill when I was six years old and she was in and out of the hospital for the next 15 years when she passed away. And my father continued to drink all that time and there was violence and a lot of anger, a lot of uh, abuse on different levels. And it was very challenging to grow up in that environment. Uh, I was determined to get out of there. And so school was my vehicle for getting me out of there. But it had a huge impact on the rest of my life because safety is a very big issue for me. And until my mid-20s, I allowed myself to be manipulated and controlled by stronger men. And I had not at that point in time claimed the power of my voice. Wow. Were you the only child? No, I have a brother who's two years younger than me. Oh. So was he also affected by what was going on at home? Um, yes. He was. He was, he, you know, he manifested it differently. I mean, I think each child has a different, I left when I was 15 and I didn't ever go back other than just to visit occasionally, but he stayed there. I went off to college and graduate school and he did not, he became an entrepreneur. Uh, but, you know, he has found as he's grown up that he has some challenges. I think it's different for a male and a female child in that environment. And I think every child of alcoholics responds to it differently. I don't drink alcohol at all. He does. Um, we just have different takes on it, but he's a very successful entrepreneur and I'm grateful that he and I have a wonderful relationship now. 
Can we say that your experience as a child is what has shaped you to become a very strong woman as you are now? It definitely had a huge impact. Yes, there's no question about it. I mean, I, I think learning to be resourceful, learning how to keep myself safe, learning that life is short and you need to tell people you love them when you see them and every time you leave them and learning to respond and recover from various different difficult circumstances, I think had a huge impact on me, no question. Great. You are a very successful woman. When I read your bio, I said, wow, you've done, you've done very great, really. And anytime I meet successful women like you, and surprisingly, podcast has offered me the opportunity to meet lovely women like you. And okay. I'm always so inspired to be a woman because I see the things that women do and I'm empowered and encouraged because I know based on everything we go through with marriages, with childbirth and everything, we are able to come up with new things. We are able to invent. We are able to, you know, we are able to toughen ourselves based on the difficult things we go through. So when I see women like you, when I meet people like you, I'm so encouraged and I'm I'm empowered. And I know that other women listening to you or listening to us today will also feel empowered. It doesn't matter what you're going through at the moment. It may be a challenge, but when we try to go through it, there's always a smile at the end of it all. So I'm, I'm very grateful that you made it. And thank you very much for telling this story. Well, thank you. And I want to make it clear, uh, my life is not perfect. I have a lot of ups and downs like everybody does. I work on myself every day. This past month has been extremely stressful. A very dear girlfriend of mine died suddenly. And I found out about it on Facebook, of all things. And uh, we're in the middle of buying a home, and that's extremely stressful. And so I I like to think that I have better tools to deal with things than I did as a child, and I have better resources, and I certainly rely on my girlfriends and my faith in God. But, you know, life is not perfect. You know, every successful woman that I know still goes through difficult challenges every day. So for your viewers and listeners, we're all working on it one day at a time, at least I am. (laughs) That's good. That's good to know, really. That's good to know, really. You have received over 10 awards, including the President Obama's award and then the Silver Microphone Award. The list is endless. I would not like to go there. But how have you been able to do that? Because I know you've been married for 30 years. So how have you been able to juggle the two, the fame, everything, and not let it get into your head to affect your marriage and your family at home? That's a good question. You know, fame is not something I ever aspired to. Uh, When I won the National Women in Business Advocate of the Year Award and was honored at the White House and in Congress, that was a surreal moment, to be honest with you. That was very surreal. And certainly the Volunteer Award from President Obama was another one. And those are moments in time that were very special to me. And yet they're just a piece of my life. My husband was with me at the White House and he was with me at the at the ceremony and the congressional luncheon. He's my biggest cheerleader as I am for him. And I think that that and he knew who I was when I met him. He came into my life as a potential client. And so he met me in my office building that I had built and designed myself and he met me in my full work mode. So he knew exactly what he was getting when we started dating and He loves strong women. 
And we support and cheer each other on. About four years ago, we moved from the East Coast to the United States to the West Coast because he had a phenomenal job opportunity. And we spent a year out there and then moved back here. It, you know, I think good marriages require give and take. They require yeah. lots of listening. They require lots of laughter. I mean, we 30 years in August will have been married and it requires lots of laughter. We have a similar faith base. And we have a similar language. We've done a lot of work on ourselves. So we both have taken lots of personal development courses and gone through therapy. And we work on ourselves every day. We spend time meditating together almost every day. And we laugh a lot. So we're each other's best friends. And I think that that helps. But that's not to say that we don't have ups and downs and challenges and difficult times and stress, because I think every marriage has them. Uh, I, it certainly has made it easier for us not having children. I think children are wonderful and we have 19 nieces and nephews, but we did not have children ourselves largely because of my background. I, didn't, I was afraid that I would be way overprotective with my kids based on what happened to me. But I love children and we have them in our lives in a different way. But we do have cats and believe it or not, we do have occasional arguments about our cats. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't only imagine what we would have had if had we had children. That was part of the reason we chose not to have children is we have different views on child rearing. He has a much healthier background than I do. It comes from a much bigger family and his parents are the parents I never had. His parents are absolutely wonderful and I thank God for them. Great, great, great. So what does it mean to claim the power of your voice? Such a great question. You know, I coach women all over the globe in claiming the power of their voice, being confident public speakers and making more money. And claiming the power of your voice is all about taking a stand for who you are and speaking up for yourself in meetings, at work, on boards, and stepping into your power. I see so many women who hold back. They're incredibly smart, incredibly talented, have great gifts, but they don't come forward and they don't speak up. So I've worked with a number of women. And for example, one of the women I worked with is an assistant sheriff, which is a police officer here in Florida, who had a terrible background of abuse. And she was going to be speaking at a large group and came to me for coaching. And when she would tell her story, she would do so in a monotone like this. And that is typical for trauma survivors. Trauma yeah. survivors typically talk in monotones. They don't connect with the emotion. And that's not going to work with an audience. So I helped her get into the emotion of it. We crafted the speech so that she could tell the difficult part of the story, but then come back up and tell the hope because she got out. And she yeah. survived yeah. and she's had a wonderful marriage and she Great. overcame Great. and she claimed the power of her voice. And when she went to give that speech, she got a standing ovation wow. and it was so wonderful to see. So I think claiming the power of your voice is a critical skill set and it's one that you can learn. Uh, for a long time, I did not speak up. You know, I went kind of from the frying pan into the fire. I got involved with an older man when I was young. And I was pretty much silent during that marriage, uh, not marriage, that relationship. And 
Uh, I've told my husband that, and he said, I don't believe it. <laughs> he, said, I, he said, I've never seen that submissive, silent woman, but I was because I was under his control. And I woke up in my mid-20s and said, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to stand up for myself. I got into therapy. I started taking personal growth courses, and I claimed the power of my voice, and I said, no more. And I, from that point forward did not allow anybody to abuse me or mistreat me or silence me ever again. Great. This is so impressive. The bit about, so I'm just thinking that somebody will be listening in and probably going through an abuse, but doesn't know how to come out of it. It could be an abusive relationship, an abusive marriage. It could be anything abusive, but doesn't know how to come out of it just because they have probably not been able to claim their voice. Somebody listening to you now in that situation, what will be the one most advice, top advice you could give to them that would help them make the first move to come out of that relationship? Get out, to take yourself out of that environment, get help. You know, uh, around the globe, there are different 800 numbers that you can call for domestic violence or different things like that get help. There are different places where you can go. Tell someone in authority, someone at one of the abuse hotlines, tell someone what's going on and get help and get yourself out. I had a friend and a client who came to visit me once in New England and she told me that her husband was abusing her. And we mapped out the whole strategy for her to get out of that marriage, get out how she could be safe, tell someone and get Great, 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 great. There is one thing that we have in common when I read your bio, and that is being passionate about helping women thrive. How has this journey been for you? What were the challenges and what were the successes with this journey? Well, you know, early on, one of the reasons I won that national award from the Small Business Administration was because I helped co-found a nonprofit called Success for Women Entrepreneurs. Because as a female entrepreneur, I and the other women who helped form it, we're having trouble getting financing, we're having trouble getting support, and we found that women were generally oppressed. Sadly, that's still the case today, unfortunately. And so we founded a nonprofit and we offered education to help women get in business and stay in business. And we had the first statewide women's conference in New Hampshire with 250 women. It was wonderful. And I kept getting asked to speak on entrepreneurship. And as I was leading courses uh, in my, on the weekends called Fired Up, How to Succeed by Making Your Dreams Come True, where people would work on a dream. And so I was continually working on this. And they were called Making a Difference in the World in that time. That book was based on them. And... I continually still to this day, I sit on several boards and I'm very active with women. I chair the Women Connecting Women Awards event here in North Florida, where we honor six unsung sheroes, hidden gems of women who are making a difference in the community, but have not gotten recognition. And we bring together about 300 women every fall to celebrate them and to help women network with each other. I love women and I believe women are the future of the planet. I believe by collaborating, like you and I are coming yeah, together today, yeah, yeah. by collaborating, we are willing to compromise and come up with solutions that are for the highest good of all, not just the greed 
not just the special interests, not just the political interests, but we make decisions for the highest good. And so anything I can do to cheer women on, to help women be more successful, to help them believe in themselves and let them know that they're not alone and that there are others who will cheer them on. And I believe every woman has great gifts and unique talents inside and that we need every single one of you who's watching and listening we need all your gifts we need yeah. your talents so don't silence your voice great i love that <laughs> i really love that i love that what is the best approach to handling stress and burnout situations well, I've written two books on stress and I am a stress expert. I've been speaking about it for 25 years. It really depends on each person, but usually when I'm coaching one of my clients and they tell me how stressed they are, I say, how soon can you get away? How soon can you take a break? How soon can you go borrow somebody's vacation home or go on a trip or take time off from work? Because women as caretakers for the children, for their parents, for their husbands and working just don't ever get a break. So that's my first advice is to take a vacation without your email, without your computer, and you only leave a phone number for a case of emergencies and have somebody else babysit the kids and get away. That's my first advice. Second thing is sleep. You know, globally, people do not get enough sleep. The World Health Organization says that less than seven hours a night is a carcinogen, a cancer-causing agent. If you get less than six hours of sleep a night, you quadruple your risk of heart attack. And your brain does not have a chance to cleanse itself throughout our sleep state the brain cleanses all the toxins out. If you don't allow the brain to do that, you can end up with Alzheimer's. So sleep is very important. Water is another thing. In the United States and North America, 40% of North Americans are dehydrated. So you need to drink half your body weight in ounces in water a day. And those are just three things. Laughter is another one of my favorite stress relievers because one good belly laugh is worth 45 minutes of stress relief. I'm the first to stick my hands out when you're talking about stress and burnout and I don't get enough sleep. Mm, so you can change that. I have to. With yes. the things you just said regarding to Alzheimer's and all, I think that I have to. Yes, and so here's a couple of tips on how you can sleep better. The first thing is get off all of your computers, devices, and tablets at least two hours before you go to bed. Make sure that your bedroom is dark and cool with no computers, no technology in it. And you want to make sure that you take the time to check your clocks in your room. If they have blue light, that will interfere with your sleep. So your alarm clock should be red, red letters. And you want to run your legs under warm water before you go to bed. If you can't take a bath, just make water up to your knee level and that will relax your body. Those are all things that will help you go to sleep. Great, 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 great. Wow. Great. <laughs> I can see the wheels are moving for you there. So. They are. They are. <laughs> Down fast food, really. <laughs> yes, wow. and no caffeine after 12 noon. 
no caffeine because that will keep you up. Same thing with chocolate, no chocolate yeah. after 12 noon, same thing with caffeine. So yeah. that's a hard one for me because chocolate is, is my real sort weak spot. So wow. <laughs> I love chocolate. Those two don't sit well with me no, anymore. I used yeah. to do a lot of chocolate, but I'm not supposed to do that anymore. So I don't, yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Wow. The pandemic has left a lot of us um, financially, financially struggling. Um, what will be your best advice on breakthrough with money issues? So women have a tendency, sadly, to undercharge for their services and not get paid what they're worth. I coach a lot of women on this. And the first thing you have to shift when it comes to money is your mindset. The way that you think about money has everything to do with how much income you have. And so you want to start thinking about money in a much more expansive way. One thing you can do is jot down some of the limiting beliefs you have about money. You know, the reasons why you don't have money. Like for example, a lot of women buy into myths like, oh, I need a certain kind of degree to earn a lot of money. Or I can't make more than my husband. Or I don't have enough time to get a good job. Or I'm afraid to ask for a raise. And so what you wanna do is uncover the opposite of that belief. What's the opposite? What's the positive belief you could replace it with, which is lots of people, multimillionaires have made plenty of money without having a degree like Stephen Jobs who find, founded Apple computer yeah. and things like that. And you just go through and you find the counter, you find the positive, and then you take an X through all the limiting beliefs and you focus on the positive beliefs for yourself and make them into affirmations. Another thing you can do is women, when you're negotiating for your job, women have a tendency to ask for 34% less income than men do. So they will negotiate for lower raises in their salaries. They will negotiate for lower salaries to begin with. So ask for more. The worst they can say is no, but at least you're valuing yourself to ask enough. And then start really putting a value on your time and don't give yourself away. Women have a tendency to give our services away. Take your head out of your client's wallets. You don't know what they can afford. You don't know what their husbands earn. You don't know whether they're getting money from other places. They may have just inherited a bunch of money. Don't assume that people can't afford to pay you assume that they can and that what you have to offer is very worthwhile and you should be paid for the value you deliver. Great, exactly. Fired Up, this book has sold over um, 65,000 copies. Can you give us a synopsis of it? Yes, that was my first book. That was the one based on the Making a Difference in the World course that I was telling you about. And Fired Up is a step-by-step -step action plan book with exercises throughout it of how to make any dream come true, whether it's to find the love of your life, start a business, create a nonprofit, get an ideal career. You go through exercises step-by-step step and you read real life stories of people who have actually done it and made their dreams come true. And the people in the book, many of the stories are from students of mine who took the course that it's based on. 
And it's so exciting to me that I wrote that book a long time ago and it's still selling and it's still helping people. I really believe that God gave me that book. I would be awakened in the middle of the night and I'd start writing. And in my meditation, I would start writing. And so I was very much guided as to what to say in this book and how to create it. But it works. The chapters are very short, three or four pages. They've got action tips and then there's little exercises to do. So it's a very effective book in terms of that. And I feel humbled to have been a part of it. You know, the day that I was sitting in my driveway in New England and I got a royalty check from my publishers and it was a, it was a good check. You know, it was close to $10,000. And I was like, hmm. and I said, how many books did they sell for this? And I looked and they had sold another 30,000 books. And I went, wow, that means 65,000 people. Wow. Yeah. wow. And I go, if, if half of the people, half of those 65,000 have read the book and used them, used it, yeah. then I've impacted over 32,000 people. And yeah. I was like, that to me meant everything because my life yeah. was about making a difference in other people's lives. So. Very wow. grand. Wow, it's been lovely having you. Really, um, you've shared a lot of things on Thank you. today's episode. And for me, one thing that stood out for me is the sleep. Yeah, stress yes. and sleep because that's yes. where I fall short. And I think that I'm going to be working on it the most. Okay. Well, yeah. and I do. I do have a gift for your listeners and viewers, Great. and that is because nowadays, so much, just like we are now, so much of what our world is is virtual and online and so we're doing zoom meetings and go to meetings and webex i have a tip sheet it's called the done for you online speaking checklist okay. and if any of your listeners and viewers would like that they just need to send me an email at connect c-o-n-n-e-c-t connect at firedupnow.com that's f-i-r-e-d-u-p-n-o-w.com Many people forget to put the D at the end of fired up. Okay. So it's firedupnow.com, connect at firedupnow.com. And I'll be happy to send you that checklist. And it helps a lot of people be more effective when they're speaking online. Wow, great, great. So before we pull the curtain to a close on this one, can you advise on how to gain back your confidence? Yes, I mean, I think a lot of us go through periods of time when our confidence is shaken. So one of the best things you can do, and this is actually an exercise from the Fired Up book, is to create a success log of your life. And you look back on your life and you go through each decade of your life and you write down the successes that you've had and what challenges you've overcome. You know, it might be learned how to drive a car because at the time that was very stressful and got your first apartment and graduated from college and landed your first job and each of the successes, each of the things that you've overcome that has been a challenge, create a success log for yourself and see and look that over and see all the things that you've achieved and give yourself credit for even the small successes. And that will help you have greater confidence. I also recommend you do another exercise from the book. It's called Three Minutes of Praise. And you sit with someone that you love and trust deeply, might not be your spouse, might be your best girlfriend. And each one of you takes turns. And I recommend that you turn on the voice record in your phone so that you have a recording of this. And you tell the other person for three minutes, 
only positive things about them. And you do, and then they do the same thing for you. So you get three minutes of positive feedback, no criticism, nothing negative, but all the things that they admire. So for example, Sheila, I would say how much I admire about you, your strength, your sense of humor, your willingness and your commitment to help women, how you've created this podcast that's going globally, your dedication to making a difference and making a change. So, you know, you go on yeah. and on. And, and so then you listen to that over and over again, and that will help you see yourself from a new perspective because we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Women can or just beat ourselves up. I know I'm my own worst critic and we need to do forgiveness. We need to forgive ourselves for the judgments we place against ourselves every day. Every time we, we say something bad to ourselves, just say, I forgive myself for judging myself and let go of the self-condemnation and celebrate our successes and all the things that each of you does so well every day. This is wonderful and this is powerful. I'd like to say a massive thank you, Snowden, for coming on podcast with Sheila today. It was a delight having you. It's been totally my pleasure, Sheila. Keep up the wonderful work that you're doing. Thank you very much, I will. So if you've been listening in, this is season two, episode 11 of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way, seasoned guests with inspiring life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. We have a video presentation of this show on our YouTube channel. If you'd like to see us in pictures, just search for Podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. On this note, we would like to say a massive thank you to all our listeners from the 29 countries around the world. This show continues to grow stronger and stronger because of your support. Podcast with Sheila is aired on eight listening platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocketcast, Radio Republic, and YouTube. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this episode if you were inspired by it. Until we meet again in a fortnight, have a brilliant week. <laughs>